Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan coming up. We'll talk with Dave Gasper from reviewingthebrew.com. He joins us uh, in the second segment of the show. If you missed John Anderson from earlier in the Wendy's Big Show, we'll play that back for you. Uh, in the third segment of the show, and then Rami will join us in the last segment to tell us what's coming up on his show coming up this afternoon uh, at 3 o'clock and uh, looking forward uh, to hearing what he's got coming up on his show. You know, last night the Milwaukee Brewers uh, do their thing and uh, get another one against the San Francisco Giants, and Johnny Cueto, uh, who was expected to be missed uh, more than likely for the series after the whole uh, COVID thing, uh, that happened going into game one magically was okay to pitch uh, in game two last night and couldn't get out of a single inning without giving up at least one run. It was truly amazing uh, to watch before they had to go to their bullpen. Uh, and Woodruff uh, continues to look really, really good uh, pitching some shutout baseball yesterday. So that was a positive. Lorenzo Cain showed a little pop uh, as well. Yelich continuing to play better. Uh, and now you look at tonight's game, Brett Anderson against Kevin Gosman uh, tonight and Again, this is the one where, on paper, pitching matchup-wise, favors the San Francisco Giants. Now remember, Brett Anderson left his last outing after not doing all that well with a injury, uh, but uh, hip, I believe it was, uh, but says he's good enough uh, to go today. You know, there are a lot of people that are, are um, questioning good old Brett Anderson. It, it, seemingly, when he doesn't pitch well, something tends to go wrong physically or something is wrong with him, uh, and then he leaves the game. I, I don't really know what's going on one way or the other. doesn't really matter to me. This is all I'm going to say uh, about this Brett Anderson uh, heat that he seemingly is getting from Brewer fans this year. Number one, CRA is 427. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, that's not necessarily horrible at the end of the day. Now, is it bad compared to the three studs in your rotation? Sure, it's bad compared to three guys with sub-three ERAs that he's, you know, he's been done like once or twice in history. Sure, from that perspective, yeah, it's bad. Grand scheme of things, it's not. It's just not. It, 
if at the beginning of the year I would have said his ERA was going to be around four for most of the year or under four for most of the year, you all would have said, sure, fine, take it, done. Give me Brett Anderson in that, no problem. The other thing that goes along with this is Ashby's development and arrival onto the big league roster. After he got shelled his first outing against the Cubs, where he gave up, what, seven in the first on American Family Field earlier in the year, uh, he's pitched really, really well in his times coming out of the bullpen or starting for the Milwaukee Brewers to the point where now people are talking about maybe he's a fourth starter, if need be, uh, in the postseason for the Brewers, and maybe it's not Hauser or Brett Anderson uh, at the end of the day. All you, as a Brewer fan, really need to concern yourself with, instead of adding stress to yourself and getting all worked up about Brett Anderson, just don't worry about it for a couple of different reasons. One, odds are that they're not going to really have to rely on him in the postseason. That's the first thing. The second thing is he's not going to probably be here next year anyhow. So literally, he's done what he was supposed to do. He did what he was supposed to do. You're in September. You have a magic number of 20 to win the division. You are 10 games in front, 10 games in front of the second place team in your division on September 1st. You already have guaranteed a non-losing season with 81 victories. He's already done what he's supposed to do. He was supposed to be a middle-of-the-road type guy, and he pitched better than a middle-of-the-road type guy for most of the season. So regardless of what happens, if Brett Anderson goes out tonight and gives up five or six runs in three or four innings, who cares? Like, it's just does not have to be a thing. I don't, I understand how guys get heat from fan bases if they're not doing well or whatever. This one here, just, just be nice. Just leave the guy alone, please. Just, and he's on social media. He's one of the guys that are on social media. Not is he only on social media. Brett Anderson is active on social media. Dude, just just lay off. Like, in in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. He doesn't matter. Like, we're to the point now where I don't think, maybe Plucker disagrees, I don't think he plays a vital role in the postseason for the Brewers. I don't. I think if they need a fourth starter, and if it's not going to be Ashby, they probably go with Hauser in front of Brett Anderson anyhow. And then we start talking about long relief. Well, if Hauser's in the rotation, you would have to think Ashby's the one in long relief. And if it's Ashby in the rotation, I think Hauser's the one in long relief. Like, I I really just don't see how Brett Anderson is really a part of this postseason roster, you know, round around, unless somebody gets hurt uh, or something dramatically changes here in the next month. And it would literally have to be one of two things. One, hurt, or two, you lose guys to the COVID list. Outside of that, he shouldn't play a, a role, uh, not a major role, in how they do in the playoffs and their ability to win a World Series. Like, none of that. I just feel like people are wasting a lot of time. And now I just did for the first five minutes of this show talking about Brett Anderson tonight against Kevin Gosman. But take it in, man. The Brewers are playing so well right now. And on top of it, the conversation is going to continue uh, to roll on about do you really want to be the one seed? Giants got 84 wins, you got 81. You win these next two, you're right there knocking on the door for best record in the National League. Right there. And then the debate becomes, like it was with the Bucks and Nets, do you really want to be the one seed or do you want to be the two seed? Start of the season for the Bucks, I did not care what seed we were. Didn't matter. 
By the time you got to about March, you start figuring out matchups, and you're like, holy crap. Now, once he would be a lot easier to get through uh, and only having to deal with Philadelphia, and then they got upset, uh, to get through then being that two or three seed. I, as I've stated before, want the Dodgers. And at this point, I would rather be the two, get the Braves in the first round, and then take on the winner of Dodgers and Giants. Because I don't think, I mean, it's a one-game deal, so who knows how that whole thing plays out with the Dodgers. But assuming it's Dodgers and Giants, I'll take on the winner of that after disposing of the Braves. I'd rather do that. But it turned out okay for the Bucks. And I, I tweeted me earlier today uh, asking about whether or not you know the Bucks are starting getting more respect nationally now that they beat the Giants in the first two games of the series. Do you know what I, I compare this to? The Dodgers are the Nets. The Brewers are the Bucks. That is where we're at right now, I think. And the Giants aren't even in consider. Giants are Philly. Would that be a good comparison, Plucker? The Giants are the 76ers. The Nets are the Dodgers. And the Brewers are the Bucks in this whole thing. Where nobody respected Philadelphia thinking they were coming out of the East. Same thing that's happening to the Giants. Everybody was on the superstar hype train of the Nets thinking there's too much talent. Nobody's going to beat them. Same with the Dodgers. Uh, and then the Brewers... Uh, are kind of like that Bucks team where they're right there with all the talent in the world and nobody's talking about them. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the comp that it would be. Um, and maybe the the argument for the Brewers would be that they don't have like a Giannis type player on their team, and that's probably the case because baseball is so much more fickle than than the NBA and the playoffs. So in terms of how it will actually wind up shaping out in the playoffs, I don't know. Because I will say this. So they don't have a Giannis, and you're right. Because Yelich hasn't played at that MVP level this year, right? An individual mm-hmm. player. But I would argue their MVP, their dominant factor in all this is those three starting pitchers. For like, sure. That's the difference maker they have versus everybody else. Right, but they don't play every single game. Correct. And that's, that's where yep. it comes in, where Giannis played every single game other than the couple that he was hurt in the playoffs and helped propel them to that victory. For I don't sure. know if they have that guy who's an everyday guy. Now, you can also say if it's a, like three out of the four games, they have that guy in one of those starters, but they only impact the game so much where a hitter can impact every single game throughout a stretch. And I think there are plenty of options that could be at that level. You know, you talk about Yelich, Willie Adamas, Eduardo Escobar has been a guy that's gotten hot. You know, even Jace Peterson a couple of times this season, he gets on base, what, four times, time. like every game. It's ridiculous. All, all the time. So I, I don't know if I agree with you on that, Plucker. Like, I, I agree from the aspect of a season hitter over pitcher. Agreed. But in a playoff series where guys can go five, six, seven innings, and you have three of those guys versus that one hitter who gets three or four at-bats in that game where a pitcher is controlling five or six innings, I don't know. I think three pitchers in a playoff series that are all sub-three ERAs is more important than one stud hitter. I think. Yeah, no, because I would, it's a I would agree. Series. It's it, over the regular right. season. You're right, no question. Mm-hmm. Like Degrom uh, or Shohei Otani. Well, that's he does both. Forget Otani, <laughs> uh, Tatis or whoever. Right. Right. Okay, so for sure, Tatis has more impact than Degrom because he's there every day during the course of regular season. 100% agree with you. But once we get into a postseason, and we're talking about three guys, that, like you said, could pitch in three of four games. Uh, or depending on off days, you may not even need a fourth guy uh, to pitch in a series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that becomes more of a factor than one single hitter. I would probably agree, but it's just the fact that 
like I said, it's, it's a very fickle sport. Like they have to keep each other up. Like you yes. can play a bunch of offense and no defense in the NBA and still win games. True. Like that's what basically the NBA is today for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, and we we praise PJ Tucker for defending a guy like Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant still drops thirty a game that yep. whole series. So it, it's just a completely different game where I think the balance has to be a lot more even throughout all departments of your team if you're going to win. Base running, fielding, hitting, pitching, all of the above, like has to has to be executed well. And I think we all have confidence in that pitching staff and for most parts of the offense as well and for most parts of the defense, but there every team is going to have different holes throughout their roster and I think that's kind of where we're sitting at with each of the teams left in baseball. I don't think there's a perfect team in baseball as we sit today. But I think from a national media perspective, people are pointing at the Dodgers and saying that's the Probably team. people are pointing at the Dodgers and Yankees. The Yankees have been red hot since the trade deadline as well. Yeah, Yankees have been playing really well. White Sox are going to have all that love as well because they're so young and so good. I'm not selling the White Sox pitching. I'll just tell you that right now. Like I, For me, that's where I run into the issue. I, I don't necessarily buy into uh, their pitching staff. The back end of their bullpen, their closer is really good, um, and he's done well to this point. But I, I just don't know if I buy into that starting rotation. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out in the postseason. Hey, check out the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 NFL Edition brought to you by Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Division-by-division division previews, including the NFC North. That podcast drops tomorrow morning. The NFC North podcast for Lockdown drops tomorrow morning. Each show features NFL insider former player Ross Tucker and celebrated football journalist Jason Lockham Forum. Download the Odyssey app today so you don't miss a single show. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk Brewers baseball with Dave Gasper of Reviewing the Brew. He was in Appleton uh, at the Timber Rattlers game watching all these hotshot prospects for the Brewers and doing the big show uh, and this Madness show. We really haven't touched on the Brewers Myers all that much, and there's a lot to be touched on, so we'll do that. Coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. Other side of the glass is our guy Dan Plucker, executive producer extraordinaire. Rami Makhlouf comes up at uh, 3 o'clock. We'll find out what's going on in his show uh, coming up uh, in just a little bit. Looking forward uh, to talking to Rami. Looking forward to hearing what's coming up on his show. Now looking forward to talking to my guy Dave Gasper from ReviewingTheBrew.com on the great Midwest Bank Hotline. Dave, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot, Sparky, for having me on. Glad to be here. 
Uh, okay, so I, I'm intrigued. You got to get to Appleton to see the Timber Rattlers play, uh, and there's a host of guys that we can talk about, and that's part of the main reason why I've got Matt Arnold, the Brewers GM, on the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow at 105 uh, is to talk to him about some of these minor leaguers that are all kidding and hitting really, really uh, well coming up through the minors at this point. Now, one of the guys uh, that just got called up uh, to the Timber Rattlers is the Brewers, one of the Brewers' first-round picks, Sam Freelich, and talk about him and him being a leadoff hitter at age 21. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who's really kind of flown through uh, the system so far. I mean, an advanced uh, college performer uh, when the Brewers took him there in the first round, and you know, they, they sent him down to Arizona to just kind of, you know, get things back going for him because I don't think he played since uh, since May because Boston College did not make the NCAA tournament. Um, so they just kind of got his uh, feet wet, got the ball rolling down there. Then they moved him up to uh, Carolina. and That really wasn't much more competitive. He, he hit over uh, 400-something there. Uh, so he quickly earned the promotion up to high A, which is where they started Garrett Mitchell at this year. Um, who also hadn't played in in a while in, in actual games, so um, it, it was really kind of a a, a big spot for for the Brewers. You know, that's really really where they kind of feel he should be, and you know, he did pretty well. I mean, he got his his first high A base hit, a single up the middle uh, last night. Um, you know, looked looked pretty good, looked fast, looked really good out in center field. So uh, there should be some exciting things to come with him. All right, let's let's talk about the designated hitter in last night's uh, lineup, batting in the three hole. He's come on like gangbusters here. I'm not sure anybody knew who really he was, uh, but as the long hair started flowing and he started hitting home runs, everybody quickly took notice. Yeah, Joey Weimer. I mean that that dude. He was a fourth round pick last year, and he was you know kind of one of the more underrated uh, picks of the of that draft last year. I mean everyone's kind of going over. Mitchell and uh, Xavier Warren and Hayden Cantrell and those guys, but uh, Weimer, Weimer was more of a project. Um, that you know there was a lot of movement in his swing, a high leg kick, a whole bunch of uh, stuff. But uh, the Brewers have have tamed down the leg kick for sure. They they've reworked his swing a little bit, and I think everyone kind of knew it was going to take a little while uh, with him. You know that they'd have to rework that swing, and but there was a lot there. The tools were definitely there if they can make some changes. And the changes they made have worked pretty much right away. I mean, he's really kind of tapped into uh, that power. And, I mean, just kind of seeing him there on the field, he's, he's a big dude. Uh, standing every bit of six foot five, and, I mean, 215 might be a little bit light. He might be up to 225, 230. Um, but, I mean, just a very strong dude. I was sitting there behind home plate, and this dude took a hack on the on-deck circle, and I could feel it. Like, I could hear and feel the air moving. He swung he swings so violently. Like, it, it is a 100% max effort swing every single time. And it's when he makes contact, the ball goes a long way. Okay, so when he makes contact. So are we talking about a guy that, that's going to have higher strikeout numbers because of the swing? Uh, he probably will. I mean, he, he's not going to be – I mean, Sal Freelich is going to be more of you know your contact, contact guy hitter. that's not yep. going to strike out much. Weimer is more uh, of your power guy um, that, that's going to be striking out probably a little bit more. Um, hopefully not too much, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see as uh, he develops and, and as it goes along uh, in, in his minor league career, um, you know, how they continue to tinker with that swing and, and trying to uh, continue to get him to, to hit. But, I mean, he's been on a great streak, and he's been making contact a whole lot more. Um, so that, that's just kind of 
uh, been huge for him this year and really big step in his development. You know, I, I see the body size and all of that, and I immediately go, please put him at first base. Please, please put him <laughs> at first base. Let's not wait around. Just put him at first base. And I know that's not exactly what they're doing with him, right? No, no, I, I haven't seen him at uh, at first base at all. He, I mean, he was a DH last night, and I mean, there's a lot of uh, outfield talent over there uh, in in Appleton, and I mean, really, kind of throughout the whole organization. So, you know, maybe uh, someday down the road, they they might think about putting him there if his bat continues to to play well, and there's no outfield spots available in Milwaukee. Um, but I, I haven't seen anything yet about uh, putting Weimer at first. All right, now let's talk about a third baseman because we also need third baseman up here at the big league level, as we all know. What about Xavier Warren? What can you tell us about him? He started out at high A and then moved up to high A. Yeah, yeah, Warren, he's another guy. I'm a really strong hitter, a really good hitter. Uh, The Brewers drafted him as a catcher, um, but they've kind of moved him around. You know, he he played shortstop in college. He's also played some third base, played some first base. Uh, Can really kind of play all over the infield. And, I mean, just uh, a really good hitter, really good contact guy, had some good power uh, in there as well. Um, so, I mean, he, he looked good. He had the strong arm over there at third base. Uh, looked like he could really handle that position defensively. Um, so that was good to see. Um, they, they've kind of moved him around this year, somewhat out of need um, positionally. But, uh, you know, really, he's another guy who's a really good contact skills, really good hitter, um, and, and can really kind of – move all around and is versatile, which is certainly something we know that the Brewers love. Uh, and then we move on to Joe Gray Jr., a guy that's been in the farm system for a couple of years, still only 21. Uh, and now, since he's gotten to the Timber Rattlers, struggled a little bit, but a huge power guy. Yeah, and he had a huge home run last night over the left field wall. I mean, just an absolutely massive shot. Uh, he's really tapped into his power this year as well. I mean, in his first few years, he dealt with some injuries, wasn't really playing as well. Um, but I mean, he's another, you know, big, strong dude, um, plenty, plenty of power, uh, in there and, you know, somewhat like Weimer, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, making sure that he makes, uh, enough contact and, and is getting on base enough. Um, and, and he's really had a, a very strong season and, and yeah, it's, it's dipped a little bit in his move up to uh, high a, but I mean, he was also, he's also, I think just uh, 21, he was drafted out of high school in 2018. Um, so he's still a young kid, um, still someone with uh, a lot of potential and a lot of uh, good things ahead of him. So uh, he's really kind of come up strong uh, this year and really kind of proved himself to be uh, one of the one of the top outfield prospects in this organization. Talking with Dave Gasper, reviewing the Brew.com. There's a great website, do a lot of great podcasts as well. Make sure to check those guys out. One last one from that lineup last night in Appleton when you were at the Timber Rattlers game. And again, I'm telling you right now, like if you don't mind making like an hour drive or whatever it is uh, to Appleton, good quality baseball with young guys that you're going to see in the big leagues more than likely. You're going to see at least two or three of these guys probably in the big leagues at some point. Freddie Zamora uh, at shortstop, uh, another guy that was just drafted in what, 2020, second round pick, mm-hmm. and he is only 22 and he's playing well. Yeah, yeah, Zamora's uh, really doing a good job there. Um, he was. I think it was the last of the 2020 draft picks to get moved up to high A because um, they moved up uh, Weimer and Warren before him. But, yeah, I mean, he, he showed a really good uh, instincts, really good ability at shortstop from what I saw. Um, didn't have the, the greatest night offensively, but, I mean, you can tell he's got uh, some really good tools in there um, and he can hit the ball pretty well. So, 
Uh, you know, he's someone certainly to keep an eye on. You know, perhaps he can stick it short going forward. You know, he's very strong there defensively. Um, and, and it's just a matter of getting to that uh, that hit tool and being able to hit enough to uh, uh, hold down that starting job. You know, the Brewers have uh, struggled with shortstops not being able to, to hit enough for that starting job in recent years, as we well know. But, um, yeah, it's certainly something uh, to watch for him, and he's uh, a talented player to keep an eye on for sure. I'm kind of hoping that – because uh, the season's almost over, obviously. I and the, the Timber Rattlers are what forty-eight and fifty-four, so they're not going to be talking about playoffs for them necessarily. But I'm hoping that they decide to return a majority of this team of those guys that we just talked about all back together again to start next year uh, with the Timber Rattlers uh, and let them gain some success, win some games for the first couple of months before they move them up. I'm kind of feeling uh, like this could be a Fielder Hart Hardy Weeks thing uh, where they all kind of move together and win together, hopefully. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they, they the Brewers have been pretty aggressive with their promotions this year. I mean, they, they've moved Terang uh, up to uh, AAA. I, I know Terang is, is your guy over there. I love but, Bryce uh, Terang, yep. Yeah, um, and they moved Gary Mitchell already up to AA, Hayden Cantrell to AA. Like, they've been moving a lot of these guys up. Hedbert Perez is already up in low A. Uh, his low A debut didn't go super well from what I saw in the box score. But, um, you know, yeah, they, they've been aggressive with promotion, so – you know, perhaps they'll they'll keep some of these guys together next year as they kind of you know figure things out. Because with no minor league season last year, it's hard to really kind of tell where some of these guys uh, needed to be. So you know, perhaps with this year, there's a lot more change and turnover. But maybe ne- next year they'll be able to kind of keep a, a good cluster, a good group of guys together, and then move them all up together. How far away is Garrett Mitchell? Do you think from being on this roster? Do you think he ends up on the major league roster next year out of spring training, or do you think it ends up in the second half of the year? Uh, I think if he makes the roster, if he makes the Brewers roster next year, it'll be late in the year, uh, perhaps as a September call up, or if uh, an injury happens uh, to someone. I think it's more likely that that he earns uh, a starting spot in 2023. Uh, that's when Lorenzo Cain's contract is up. That's when. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is almost assuredly going to be gone. Um, so that that's when they really are going to have openings out there in center field on an everyday basis. And if you know if it's only a part-time basis, I really don't think they'd call up Garrett Mitchell. Agreed. Um, so th- there's, a, there's no reason to call him up and put him on the bench. So uh, I think the, the regular playing time is going to have to wait until 2023, uh, especially since he, he really kind of hasn't gone off to a super great start in double-A. Um, so that they can afford to kind of be a little bit more patient with them and then see kind of what happens next year. Um, and then, um, you know, if a spot opens up, either because of injury or, or whatever else, then, then maybe sometime in 2023. But uh, th- there's no real reason to, to rush them right now, especially with what they have currently in center field. When we talk about uh, the minor leagues, I-, I can't remember the last time where we've talked about these many bats actually playing well all at the same time i mean it might be all the way back to the fielder era yeah it's been it's been a while and you know it wasn't too long ago we were talking all about the pitching prospects that they had and woodruff and burns and peralta and Hayter and all those guys and now they're up they're doing their thing and and it's like oh the brewers are are a pitching powerhouse and now you look at the minor league system and it's mostly bats um and the big league team has been kind of short on them uh for the past uh, year or so uh, making this, you know, really kind of a, you know, reaction to to what's going on. And the Brewers have been very aggressive in in getting bats and and getting some, 
hitting into their system and they know that's been their weakness and they've been looking to address it and it looks to be paying off so far. Talking with Dave Gasper of reviewing the brew.com here on the Wendy's big show. Uh, what about Ethan small? How does he fit in? Do you think uh, to this team going into next season? Cause I think we've all penciled Ashby probably into the rotation, probably in place of Brett Anderson next year, but how does Ethan small fit? Yeah, Ethan Small is going to be competing for that spot as well. I mean, the, the finger injury that he suffered a little bit ago is uh, really kind of a poor timing, although no injury really ever is good timing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly still view him as a starting pitcher going forward. I think he's going to be battling for a rotation spot. Uh, but he's going to have to battle with Ashby, who currently has a leg up on him because he has the big league experience and is getting it this year. Uh, and also Eric Lauer is going to be competing for that role. Ah, oh, um, this again. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I, look, and, I, I'm not a big Eric Lauer guy. I was wrong. He pitched better than I thought he'd pitch this year and all of that. But if, if you're telling me it's Eric Lauer versus Ashby, uh, I'm going Ashby. If it's Eric oh, Lauer, yeah. if it's Eric Lauer versus Adrian Hauser, I think I'm going Adrian Hauser. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you there, but he is still going to uh, be competing for that. I mean, the Brewers do still like him, and he has played a pretty important role for them this year. Um, he's kind of getting the first crack at that opportunity now. Is he locking it down? I don't really know, but um, Ashby has certainly given himself a, a strong chance, and um, I don't think we'll see Ethan Small this September. Unfortunately, no, I don't I think, think so. Either. Going to be wrapping them back up. Yep, um, but. Um, next year, I mean, I, I think we will end up seeing him at some point. I'm not sure if he'll break camp with the team, uh, but it, I, I think we'll definitely see him in Milwaukee at some point next year. He is Dave Gasper reviewing thebrew.com. Make sure uh, to check it out, and always a great follow on Twitter as well. Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Sparky. Take T- care. Take care. There he is, Dave Gasper on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Uh, hey, Plucker, did you see the news on the uh, the latest news on the New York Mets coming up from the New York Post? Yeah, what a disastrous organization. Uh, yeah, so apparently the New York Post, Mets GM Zach Scott busted for drunk driving in White Plains. Uh, so in the last calendar year, it's it's not just that, but also the whole Mickey Calloway situation, which I think has been thrown under the rug with their former manager and, and right. all of the the sexual abuse, yep. al- not abuse, sexual, sexual, what was it? It was some sort of sexual harassment right. allegations yeah. from reporters yep. and people in, in the management and the team and their owner, kind of everything going on with Steve Cohen and now Javi Sandy Baez. Alderson's and, involved in all of it with the press release and absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yep. And then this. This. Right. I mean, so this what a dude, year. general manager Zach Scott, acting GM Zach Scott, is facing driving while intoxicated charges after he was busted dozing in his car in White Plains, the New York Post has learned. Scott, 44, was nabbed at 4.17 in the morning Tuesday when cops caught him snoozing on a 2018 Toyota on South Lexington Avenue near the federal courthouse, White Plains Police Captain James Spencer said Wednesday. The embattled GM refused to give blood or submit to a breathalyzer but underwent a field sobriety test and failed, Spencer said. He was charged and released and is due back in White Plains City Court on Thursday. Bad owner. Boy, oh boy. He's got his hands full over there. You kind of feel bad for Mets fans because it's a, a disaster. Earlier in the year, they're in first place. It's all going well. They're thinking they're going to be in the playoffs. Oh, here we go. 
Uh, now, same old Mets. That's kind of right where it went back to. All right, let's hear from John Anderson, ESPN Sports Center anchor, of course, and uh, one of the founders and creators of InsideWisconsin.com. Uh, you can follow those guys at Inside Wisco Show uh, on Twitter. They just had Sam Decker on. We'll talk. We'll hear our interview with John Anderson from earlier in the big show. That comes up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. All right, we had a chance to uh, catch up with John Anderson, ESPN Sports Center anchor, and of course, uh, founder, creator, it looks like, of InsideWisconsin.com. Great website. They do uh, long form interviews with a bunch of different people connected to uh, Wisconsin sports. Uh, they just did one with Sam Decker, uh, him and his partner uh, on the website. So definitely go check it out on Twitter at Inside Wisco Show. At Inside Wisco Show. Follow him on Twitter. You'll love him. Uh, and we had a chance to talk to John Anderson, who turns out. Uh, presented Leroy Butler when he was inducted into the Packer Hall of Fame, and we asked John how that whole thing all came about. Listen, uh, every, every once in a while people go like, hey, give me some of the greatest moments you've had in sports. And I go, well, I've seen Tiger Woods hit a golf ball. Uh, I watched Rick Majerus eat an entire pizza that was uncut. Um, and, and one of those is getting to present Leroy for enshrinement there at the Packer Hall of Fame at Lambeau Field, and it was because when he worked for us at ESPN, I pestered him incessantly right? because that's what people from Green Bay do when they meet a Packer. And, there is, and then if it's a legend, you're just up the ante. And, uh, and so we, uh, we became friends, or he tolerated me, one of those. Uh, and then when he was hit with that honor, he gave me this, and he said, here, I'd like you to do this because, quite frankly, when I go to the Canton Hall of Fame, I'm going to have to have a real friend and a real person do this. Um, and so, and so that's kind of where we are. John, I appreciate this, Leroy Butler, of course. Before I ask you any questions about InsideWisconsin.com, before we do any sports talk, how's your family? Because, you know, I love your family, your wife, mother, dad. I love everybody. Just real, can you, how's, what's the update on the family? My family is, is good. My mother is terrific, and she's going to be 80, and we're going to throw nice. her a big party because she's going to be 80 the day after Christmas, so we're going to 
naturally go to the game on Christmas Day and uh, celebrate her birthday. My father actually passed away a few years ago, um, but like really good Packer fans, uh, we had the funeral at the Lindall um, Funeral Home right there on the corner mm-hmm. of Ridge in, in Lombardi, and then we went over to the stadium for the, the post-wake celebration of his life because that's what he would have done as a true Packer fan. Um, my kids are just, they're, they're old and going to college, which makes me feel old, but, uh, every, everybody is good. And like I said, it's great to hear from you. Like I have my, your number and I'm hoping it still worked and we touch every once in a while, but it's nice to actually visit again. Yeah. I re- a few years. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cause, uh, your family is just truly amazing. So when I saw the inside Wisconsin show, I'm thinking this is perfect. This is just a perfect way, and not to mention we've had Sam Decker on our show, and we was hoping he got back into the NBA, and he has. How did this all come about, you starting this? Well, we certainly hope it's, it, it fills the need of people that are just here sort of a longer form, and we just want to hear from people who uh, love and enjoy the state of Wisconsin. And while it's sort of sports-based, we're not afraid to step outside that, like we did with uh, the folks from Line and Kugels, and, and uh, it, it is, yes, people and what they like about sports in the state, but really about the state in general, things people may like, whether it's hunting and fishing, whether it's fish fries at your favorite tavern, and if you should have a paper plate and real utensils, or if you, you know, um, it's sort of all-encompassing, we hope, to the culture of the state and people that love Wisconsin. And my co-host Trevor really is the guy that had the brainstorm for it. It's like, I think there's a, a way to do this. I think there is a need for it. And what do you think? And like everything, I'm like, um, well, I'm beholden to ESPN. I have to wait and see if they'll let me do it. You know. So, yeah, that was one of my uh, questions. Were they going? Yeah. yeah. So, but I kind of, as we sold it to them, like, listen, it's not a direct competitor in any way, shape, or form, unless you're really trying to corner the Wisconsin market. And from what I've been able to tell over 23 years, they haven't really tried to corner <laughs> the Wisconsin market. So we're not sort of damaging <laughs> any place that you might get the Van Pelt. Uh, podcast or you might get Stephen A's podcast and uh, so they were really good about it so far we haven't butted up against heads about anybody uh, we've been lucky to get some folks that, that um, you know Barry Alvarez as a first guest was terrific just before he resigned and some of those things and so um, right now it's more of a uh, labor of love and a passion pursuit than something that is printing me uh, any kind of money but that's okay uh it's sort of like this anytime i can get a chance to to touch home because it's it, it it's i'm just a far i'm far away and uh and it's hard to get back and it's hard to keep touch so any of these little touch points i can get it's great uh which naturally means uh the three of you are now open to be inside wisconsin yes i don't know if you knew that you opened that pandora's box but you're not <laughs> that sounds good john anderson uh, anchor of course on espn uh, and now part of InsideWisconsin.com. Follow the show at Inside Wisco Show. At Inside Wisco Show. John, this this Gary Ellerson here. I, I want to touch on, I mean, I like a little drama. My good friend Leroy Butler used to like drama. I don't know what has happened to him over the I last like couple of weeks. I like pettiness, not drama. And it's, it's pettiness and drama. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, dust up uh, this past oh offseason? I want some... I want controllables back. Maybe I want to be in on the, the decision making. I, you know, what was your thoughts on all that stuff? Well, so I am torn, and some of that is because I, as a guy who's been in and around sports and in the media for so long, that I, I like to think that I look at it more dispassionately than the average Packer fan, because I'm wholly a Green Bay Packer fan. 
Um, I get that Aaron has had the right at some point as the leader of that team to have some discussions, but I don't think he gets any more final say than anybody else. There's a reason that, that you know, whether it's the GM has the final say or the coach or whomever, that those things are worked out. Um, but the players don't have that. It's great to have your input. I think it's nice to invite people into that, into that process. But in the end of the day, um, if I am a player, I see the end of where my career is. And if I am the GM, I see what happens three years after you're gone and five years after you're gone and ten years after you're gone. So I think at some point you have to have the health of the franchise overall. And if that means drafting a quarterback, that is. And if you're going to just get um, angry because I didn't consult you on that, that part seems to me to be petty. Uh, the idea that you would like to have some input or some voice doesn't seem petty, but that only gets to me to go so far. Um, there's very few people that have that, and it's nice that you're the quarterback, and because of that, you get more say. Um, but, uh, Leroy, you, you, as a defensive back, Gary, as a running back, you know that. They, they draft three of those in every single draft. Every draft. year. If you guys, mm-hmm. had, your, if you guys mm-hmm. had your feelings hurt every time, you're like, crap, we picked another, <laughs> <team."> <laughs> yeah. crap, we picked another running back? <laughs> right. right? I mean, you're perpetually angry about that. So I get quarterbacks unique in that, um, but I do think in this case – uh, I would side more with the franchise over the player. Now, there are other instances when if somebody wants to get paid, I will I will side with the player all the time because no matter what the football team says or the NFL, they've got the money, right? So there are times yeah. to be on either side of this, but right. I think in this case, the Packers have to. And then what you know, once you open that that well of okay, sure, you can have some input. Then, then where does it stop, right? At what That's point true. do I go, uh, you know, or who's the next guy that now Bakhtiari goes? Listen. I've been all pro three years in a row. I've been in five Pro Bowls. I really would like to play with this guy at guard. Okay, but that might not always be possible. So I think that that starts such a, a bad precedent if you get too far into it. So I'm willing to let that quarterback have a consultant role to some degree. I will hear you out. Um, and if we're talking about, you know, in this case, a wide receiver that might be the sixth guy, okay, I might say uncle on some of those. But long term, you can't get mad if I drafted a quarterback. That happens. We drafted you in exactly the same spot, exactly the same spot. You know, John, it's 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 interesting because for so long in this state, uh, whoever the quarterback of the Packers has been has been the most popular athlete in the state. When Brett Favre was here, it was Brett Favre yep. until he self-destructed mm-hmm. it at the end of his career, kind of like Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, and then after Favre, it was Rodgers for the longest time, regardless of you know Christian Yelich being MVP guy or whatever he was doing. It was still always about Aaron Rodgers. This is the yeah. first time I, I think right now where you can definitively say it's no longer the Packers quarterback in this day that the number one favorite athlete in this state is clearly Giannis at this point, and I'm not sure it's even close, John. Um, I because I, I'm not there with the pulse of it every day, so I will I will um, acquiesce and say sure, but I don't think that um, we're but we're but a good Super Bowl appearance from that flipping. You know, of course, and, and yeah. just like everybody forgiving Aaron for whatever this is, right? And mm-hmm. that's, I think he runs into trouble with, and this happens all the time. This I can guarantee you, as as someone who grew up there and still feels it is, at some point there is a feeling in the community that okay, um, whether it's right or wrong, listen, dude, you're getting paid thirty million dollars. <laughs> shut up and take it, and, <laughs> and because there's the average guy who doesn't make that, um, and they don't understand. 
as you guys do, that like, listen, I get that, I get a lot of money, but also tomorrow they could literally trade me and I could wake up and have to move everybody I know and love to Denver or an apartment tomorrow. And that doesn't happen if you're working at the paper mill or at the brewery. Um, so I know that's yeah. always part of it. Here's the other thing I know. No matter when he's done, if Aaron Rodgers leaves tomorrow or if he leaves in two years, in five, he will be welcome back and everybody will love him and they, will, and they can say how mad they are now and I won't do that. Brett Favre went and they booed him because he played for the Vikings. And I was there. The last Packer game I was there was on Thanksgiving, and they, we all showed up in a driving storm of rain and wind and sleet. And what did we do? We couldn't wait to welcome him back. Mm-hmm. And so that, that'll, that'll, that will happen. And the other part I always tell people is last time I was at Lambeau, Stadium, Lambeau Field, there were three statues out front. Um, two of them are standing up there that are coaches, Curly Lambeau, and Vince Lombardi, who didn't end their career with the franchise. Yep. The other one's Lil Roar, and he's hidden behind a wall, and everybody just jumps. Out. <laughs> <laughs> always be fine. But right, but the other two guys, right. they left. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Taylor left. Paul Horning got drafted. Now Paul Horning didn't want it. Forrest Gregg went to be a Viking. All these guys went other. That's just how it is. So involved and in love with these guys, and it's hard to hard to let them go. But um, it's just that's where I come through. It's just it's a business. And if you want the Packers to be relevant beyond this season and next season, next season, sometimes these are the things we have to make. Um, but if Aaron wins and wins enough, that Packer position will always pay better and always be more popular than whoever that Bucks guy is, even if it's Giannis who's got the lead for the moment. John, last one for me. Uh, the reason why I picked you, uh, I was it for the Packer, because I know you're an amazing writer, especially on on the uh, ESPN when you're an anchor. Now, I really enjoyed when you and the young man were going back and forth. You were the Packer guy. He was a Saints guy, and it was fun. And now they're going to play in Jacksonville where it'll be really hot. So how do you think uh, the two teams, neutral side, I know the Saints will want to be a home team, and you know we're praying for the people in Louisiana, of course, from the storm. The neutral side thing down in Jacksonville. Well, first off, I thought that was some sort of nod to you, that you got that done. <laughs> you know, I didn't think of that. That's how they ended up in Jacksonville. It was like, well, okay, we can do that. How about we do Yeah, Butler would probably be cool if we do it in Jacksonville. Um, I don't think it has a, a boo to anybody. I think it probably favors the Packers a little in that, that's, that crowd in New Orleans is always so hostile and so loud and so crazy. So I think any time you're able to take it out of the Dome, um, you've a got a point. chance, right? And I think that last year notwithstanding because there was nobody in there. Um, so I think any time you move it out of there, plain and simple, I think that's an advantage to whoever the other team is, only because of how I think it damages the Saints and, and having that crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of it, hopefully the weather's good, it's outdoors, it's sunny, that should all work fine for everybody. Um, I'm just uh, If I'm the Packers, I'm like, good, I don't have to deal with that crowd. So, John, could I get you, Gary Olsen here again, could I get you to talk about my Badgers a little bit? And, you know, last year, tough year for them with the COVID situation, so they lost some games with that. But they were able to bounce back and get into a bowl game and get a win. What's your thoughts on uh, this year's season? I think so, right? I just It's the same thing for me as if they could just find a quarterback that is <laughs> not the same guy I feel like I've been watching for 20 years. <laughs> with the exception of Russell's year, when they, you know, right. a couple of Hail Marys and they get beat. Otherwise, I feel like it's always just that same quarterback. And it's great that you can grind people out and put somebody back there and he can run for 1,800 yards. Um, but at some point, they need a quarterback that can be a difference maker. 
mm-hmm. to get to the very top. Otherwise, I think they're great. The defense is good, and Leonard's been amazing in running them, and I think Chris is the right guy with the culture and the way the, that, that that program should run, certainly if you want to keep in the line of, of, of Coach Alvarez, who's, who built that thing. But at some point, you need that quarterback anymore in this day and age that can be that difference maker. Mm-hmm. And if, if the guy there you know, kind of showed that early, um, if he can be that, you know, I'm willing to dismiss how last season went just because it was so up and down. It's crazy. And you have people, and one week you're there, and the next week they're not. And then you don't play for two weeks. Um, then I think they can contend. Um, but right now, you know, Ohio State is such a stupid juggernaut. What are you going to do about those clowns? Exactly right. John Anderson, follow his show at Inside Wisco Show on Twitter, at Inside Wisco Show on Twitter, of course. Watch him on ESPN well uh, as well, and InsideWisconsin.com, uh, the name of the website. John, thanks so much for coming on, man. appreciate it. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate uh, Thank you. Leroy, good to talk to you. Gary, uh, your junior and senior year, you beat Missouri in Classic, heartbreaking style, yep. and someday I will forgive you for that. Forgive <laughs> you for Ron, Ron Floyd, who dropped two punts in Madison, uh, and a guy named George Shorthose who dropped the two-point conversion that would have beat you in Columbia. Correct. You, you should have went to Wisconsin. I don't know how you got to Missouri. Yeah, and fi- come to find out, he he got to Missouri because he he went on a track deal. Uh, to Missouri. They'll let him run track in Missouri. So that's how he ended up at Whisker- Missouri instead of Wisconsin. All right, let's hear from Rami Magloff coming up next. It's the Rami Show straight ahead here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. See Sparky Pfeiffer along with Rami Makloff now as he gets ready for the Rami show coming up uh, in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what do you got coming up on coming the Coming up show? on the show this afternoon, Sparky, everybody's favorite new game show. Did you hear this the last time we played it? Big deal or no big deal? No. Big deal or no big deal? And like an air mattress price or what are we talking about? Today the subject is David Bakhtiari starting the season on the pup list. Big deal? No. Or no big deal? No big deal. Really? Not at all. Okay. No, they've got one tough opponent in the first six. I, I I think they go four and two, five and one. Okay. And Jenkins is more than suitable of playing left tackle. Uh, and then, again, depending how this all works, Dennis Kelly. Yeah, but there's uh, like a domino effect. Dennis Kelly. There's a whole domino effect. Not really. Dennis Kelly is going to be your right tackle, uh, it looks like, because he's back at practice today. So that gives him a week and a half to practice to be ready. So I think Dennis Kelly is your right tackle. Billy Turner is at one guard. Uh Royce Newman's at the other guard, Jenkins at left, and then your center is Myers, and you're more than fine. Okay. We'll see. Maybe not. If, if Kelly isn't starting a tackle, and they've got a couple of inexperienced guards in there with Billy Turner at right tackle, yeah. I will be more concerned if that's how it plays. All right. Well, we'll talk about it coming up at 3 o'clock. Well, roundabouts, 3 o'clock. You know how this whole thing goes. Yeah, we're going to be on the air for a while. Also, I didn't get a chance to talk about this Bishop Sycamore thing yesterday. Oh, I did. With, with <laughs> that thing Clark. is wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> that story is wild. So we're going to get into that. We're going to hear from Brian Gutekunst, David Sampson, former Marlins president, Milwaukee native, host of the Nothing Personal podcast. He's going to join me at 4 o'clock. And uh, is this version of Christian Yelich good enough? Also, Scott Grodsky, sports anchor over at CBS 58. He's going to join me at 530. It's a jam-packed show is so, what it is today, Sparky. So, Mr. Sampson, um, yes. if you were running the, the New York Mets, would you quit today? Would you just be like, <laughs> the hell with it, I'm done? 
Like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm done. I'm Why? Because go... of the whole hobby thing? You didn't hear? What? No, the GM got busted for DUI. Oh, for... did he? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Tuesday, yesterday morning at like four in the morning, he's snoozing in his car on the side of a road or something. Cops pull up, refuses breathalyzer, refuses anything, but does a field sobriety. Fails. Uh, so GM? The GM, right. Zach Scott, I think, 40-some years old. But get this. Here's the clincher. So that story comes out. New York Post has it, right? So then Jeff Passan starts digging after that story gets broke. Oh, no. You don't want Jeff Passan digging. You he never does. want Jeff Passan digging. He's got sources. Oh, he always has sources. Sources tell Jeff Passan that this GM, oh, who no. was hammered, oh, no. passed out in his car, oh, allegedly, no. mm-hmm. came from the owner's house. Oh, no. Who was having a, <laughs> a little, a little uh, charity shindig at his house. Dude, that owner is kind of a psycho, too, and has his own baggage. He has his own baggage from the financial world of some allegedly shady and things that he's, he's done. he's active on social media. Yeah, he's very active Which on does social not help media. He was talking anybody. about a couple of weeks ago, he tweeted about how bad their plate discipline is. Yep. <laughs> like the owner of the baseball team. He's going to be Jerry Jones for them, <laughs> which is apparently what Mark Lazary is for the Bucks. What do you mean? So did you hear that stuff yesterday? So apparently, like he went after a game, one at Boonholzer, wanted to know what happened, whatever. Him. He just said, "What the bleep was that?" What would you consider? I that? have the sound bites in yesterday's sound folder. If you want to play it, I heard it. Oh, yeah, I'm just I'm asking you. Yeah, if you get off the air uh-huh. and our boss meets you, open you open the door and goes, "What the bleep was that?" You're not gonna feel like that's coming at you. Depends on the context. It depends on the context, the tone, the body. There's there's a lot. There, there's a lot that factors into how I'm going to react to that. There's a lot that factors how I'm going to react to that. Well, Boonholzer, for his sake, appears to have handled it very, as good as anybody could have handled if it. Because if, if, it if it was more of just a befuddled, like almost humorous, like, dude, what the bleep was that? You know no, what no, I mean? No, like, understand something. We have had, I'm not going to get into naming names, but we have had certain front office people who are not coaching the basketball team Pop in at halftime of games and yell at the team while the coach is meeting with his coaches and the coaches come in to find I'm the... i think of who you're talking about. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to reveal. But that oh, that has occurred I in, in Buck's history of guys coming in and yelling at teams while their coaches meeting with their coaches. So that's not good. Then we've had this situation here. I told everybody, this dude can be good or bad but you because he's a again. super fan who wants to win a championship at all accounts, he's going to do whatever it takes, outside of paying a luxury tax, apparently. In They're order, paying the fourth highest order, luxury tax in the league. Oh, I understand. But if you if you played it, you you listened to that whole thing about, well, is it really worth it or is it not worth it? We're going to yeah. lose money, da-da-da-da-da. Okay. He, he's going to pay it to, to, to a degree. He won a championship. So as far as I'm concerned... He's better than anybody else they've had, obviously. He won a championship going all the way back to Lou Alcindor, right? Cole never won a championship. Cole kept him in Milwaukee. Cole never won a championship. So he's going to have to pay the luxury tax because he's the one that paid Middleton and Holiday and Giannis, or not he, but the ownership group did. So you're going to have to pay the repeater tax, which is going to be even more expensive going forward. So roster construction and how it factors into wanting to pay the luxury tax or not will be something now that fans are going to watch. They've been watching it already because of the Malcolm Brogdon situation, which I'm glad they didn't give him $20 million. I said that I never would have paid him $20 million. Yeah. But there were some that wanted them to pay him that much money, were mad, thinking it had to do with the luxury tax, which maybe it did, but it also had to do with he's simply not as good as $20 million a year. But yeah, so fun stuff. Is uh, anybody still Lazarus. hung up on the P.J. Tucker thing? Probably. 
You think? Yeah. Um, because I, I, I would look like at this. To, I look at this offseason. I'd I, like to have him, but I mean, I don't. I don't know how this plays out. As far as if at the end of next season, if they lose at some point, if we go back and go, really miss that toughness, really miss that dude in that locker room and on that floor. They're not going to miss his offense, but the the toughness and all of that. Now, you know, people will tell you, well, it's there now. Giannis knows what it's like. You know, Bobby Portis is going to be there still. He knows what it's like. Like these guys know what it's like to win an NBA Finals. They know how aggressive and how physical you have to be in the playoffs. Like they learned they don't need him anymore for that. He helped get them over the over the hill, and now they got it from here. And that very well may be true. If it is, then no, they aren't going to miss BJ Tucker. But if that becomes an issue again, then that's what people are going to point to. I just look at this offseason. And this off you kept Bobby, you kept the Nasus, you added George Hill, Rodney Hood, Shemi Ojale, and Grayson Allen. And what you've given up, what you've lost, is PJ, Bryn Forbes, Merrill, and Teague. This is this is a, a significantly better basketball team than it was six weeks ago when they won a championship significantly better than six weeks ago when they won a championship. I don't see how anybody is hung up on P.J. Tucker with that offseason that I just listed off to you. I think this roster is better than last year's roster when the season ended. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. But none of those guys you brought up bring what Tucker brought from a physicality standpoint or from a locker room perspective. That's the only thing. Offensively, I feel like they're better. I wouldn't have paid it either. Even if I had Mark Lazary's money, I wouldn't have paid that luxury. But see, tax this to keep hold on a second. Tucker. Can we just stop for a second sure. and address something that you and I have talked about a million times? Sure. And not that you don't know it, but for people, listen, they work within a budget, folks. This dude ain't going in his personal bank account to pay for anything. That's not how this goes. They work within their budget of what they have. Now, what percentage of money they bring in off of jersey sales or t-shirt sales or hat sales or whatever else, I don't know. But they're going to sell a lot of it. I bought like four or five shirts myself as far as championship shirts. I got a finals shirt when they made the NBA finals. I got one of those. So, I know. I asked you to get me one and you didn't. What? I said no. You were going to get a championship shirt and I tweeted you and I said I didn't go to get a championship one. shirt. I ordered them on Fnatic. Oh, no, it was the Eastern Conference Finals. It was after the East- You said you were going somewhere. I did not go. Peanut Gallery went and got them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did not go. But either way, mm-hmm. so so that's all money well spent. Now, I'm sure Fnatic gets a percentage, let's say, of For that sure. of that shirt sale, right? Yeah. And then the team gets a percentage. I would still think they made a good amount of money. Sure. Then, the Fear of the Deer District and how that whole thing played out. And all the money they made on liquor sales and everything else while that whole thing was happening. Plus concessions and every... Again, we were going to talk about losing money. Okay, fine. This is going to be a tough sell for fans because then it's going to be... So if we win a championship, it's really just about ego for an owner then. It's not about making money for an owner. It's about just to say, we want a champion... I'm a world champion owner or NBA champion owner, but you're going to lose money. Because I've heard this story before. The D-backs, when they won their World Series, when Council was there, they lost their tail end that year. They won the World Series and lost a significant amount of money, according to their owners. So I maybe in the NFL it's different. But the but money it, you make is on the appreciation of the franchise. When you go to sell. Right. Correct. Yeah. That's when you make it back 10, 15, 20 years from then. But that individual year... Your ownership group, you have to go to and go, okay, we're going for it, but we may lose a whole bunch of money uh, in the process. Yeah. And then everybody's got to sign off. Yeah. But even even if you're willing to lose money, you don't make you don't make dumb investments. You don't you Agreed. Don't, 
And and I, I don't think, as much as I love P.J. Tucker, when it's going to cost you effectively $20 million, $25 million to bring that dude back with what he has in, in luxury tax, I can't. I can't pay that if I'm Mark Lazary or Wes Edens or anybody else. P.J. Tucker ain't worth that. Well, we're going to find out because he's going to be in Miami now, and we'll see if they have to deal with him in the playoffs at some point. That might be basically just said, yeah, Miami's not a problem. Did you hear that? Song? Yeah. 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 Just, like eh. I mean, it's, I, it was like, it's, it's like I like us. Kyle Lowry, yep. and of course I love PJ Tucker, but come on, it's us in Brooklyn. Right. Well, God help them if they lose to Miami. They I mean, won't lose to Miami. I know they just gave Bud an extension, but come on. I'm telling you. They're not losing to Miami. I'm sorry. I don't trust that. I don't, nothing surprises me. Nothing. If they were to lose in the second round of the playoffs next year and he said, I'm done with you. Bye. I'm going to get somebody else. It would not surprise me. Not in the least bit. Well, they're not losing Miami. John Horse, he get his extension yet? Because I haven't seen anything on Horse getting an extension. I don't know. You would assume he gets an extension if Bud gets an extension. I'm not sure. Right? Wouldn't that make sense? I would think so. Maybe it's just not public. All right, coming up tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show real quick. Uh, John Heyman, Aussie MLB Insider, uh, joins us at 1035. Brewers GM Matt Arnold. Uh, we'll join us at 105. Danny Cannell talk some college football with him. Stay out of trouble, man. 135. You stay out of trouble between now and then. Who? <laughs> what? Because of the Mets GM. You said Matt Arnold is going to join you tomorrow. A Brewers GM. Uh, yeah, I know. I was, was a joke, a joke for the Mets? referencing the Mets GM. Oh, no. You see what I did? There? I may talk fancy football with Matt Arnold tomorrow. Is he a fancy football player? Yeah. Wow. Pretty good one, too, yeah, I think. I'd imagine. I'm pretty I would imagine sure. if you have the mind of a Major League Baseball GM and you apply that to fantasy football, you're probably pretty good at it. There's some GMs I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think I would just put that over the whole thing. Would you get in a fantasy football league with David Stearns? I would never get in a fantasy football league with David Stearns. That guy's gonna. That guy's gonna take your money. Oh, for sure. That I dude's would. taking your money. No chance. What do you mean, no chance? That no dude way. is taking your money. No, nope. he wouldn't take you. my money. He wouldn't take Tim's money. Oh, for sure, he's taking your money. No chance. Just hand it over to him. Just nope. Venmo it to him right now. Zero chance. Don't even bother with the season. Nope. If David Sturds is in your fantasy football league, the just only send him chance. Your money. The only chance he would have of, of of winning in that fantasy football league was is if. Our players got ruined by injuries. Stop. But if healthy, Stop. no chance he's beating David us. David Stearns would smoke you. No chance. I promise. Nope. I don't even know if he's ever played fantasy football. Right. I just know that if he applied himself to it. I don't know if he has either. It, I just know that if he applied himself to it, he would destroy you. He would take your, he's taking your money. He'd probably be embarrassed. It'd be horrible. Stop. He'd probably be behind us by Stop two or three it. games, me and Tim. Get David Stearns on the show. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> it's just not happening. Maybe he's listening out in San Francisco. He's streaming us on the Odyssey app. He's not beating Tim in fantasy. He's not beating me. Dude, he's taking your money. Even with Tim's horrible fantasy mock draft that he did on your yeah, show. Did you see that quarterback draft that yeah, he had? That's horrible. Awful. Sorry. And then you mouth. just cleaned up on the running back I sure one. sure did. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't close either. No. You killed both of them. I'm good. Me and All David right. Stearns. Rami Makhlouf continues to be good. Coming up next on the Rami Show. Don't go anywhere. Toodles! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.